Welcome back to the Profit Your Knowledge podcast. Today we're talking about follow-up and I have just the man on the show for this. Today's guest is Eli Delaney. He is your automated systems strategist, also known as the People Whisperer. He's also the creator of the Follow-Up Rockstar System. Best-selling author. This guy's legit. Uh, And the reason we're talking about this is because most people running a business do not do follow-up. Maybe they think it's weird. It's awkward, whatever, because they're like, hey, did you see that thing that I was sending you uh, or that that thing? Did, I didn't see you on my calendar. Like, who knows? Like people can it can get a little weird and a little fuzzy, which is why people don't want to do it. But what if we can automate the process and keep it authentic, keep it real, keep it honest and uh, have high integrity? That's why Eli's on the show. So how are you doing today, Eli? I'm doing awesome, my friend. How about you? Doing fantastic. I'm really excited about this. You're actually the first person on the show who has ever talked about like follow-up specifically and been an expert in this. And it's kind of sad because it is such a big, Mm -hmm. big deal in our businesses. It is, you know, it's funny because nowadays, you know, when I started this, I started this stuff in 2008. And the reality is I started as a speaker and I'm getting out there, I'm getting on stages, I'm speaking, which is awesome. I might get a hundred people in a room, 10 people like credit card in hand, they're like, I love what you said to say, I need your help. Here's how do we start? And my brain immediately went to what about the other 90? What did I do wrong? How do I fix that? And so that's how I got into the follow-up stuff. And I got early on into the automation, all that kind of stuff. Nowadays, you fast forward to now, automation is is a buzzword. Everybody and their dog is an automation guy, but they're still not really understanding follow up the way it needs to be. And that's, yeah. that's where I have fun because it's a, it's a whole different mindset more than anything else. Yeah. So, okay. Well, what is the mindset? We're just going to go straight into it. Cause right. what is, what is typical follow up? how people do it like the wrong way basically. And then what is the right way? Okay. So there's a couple of ways that you can go about doing it wrong. And you mentioned one of them, which was that awkwardness of not following up. I get a lot of people that when I first talk to them, they're like, well, I don't want to send too many emails because I don't want to bug them. I don't want to seem like a pitchy sales guy or, and whether it be email, whether it be texting, whether it be uh, social media, I mean, it doesn't matter what the medium is. I'm still a big email guy. I love it. I get amazing results from it. My clients get amazing results from it. Um, but it doesn't matter what the platform is. It's all about how you do it. And if you're pitching people all the time, you're going to annoy them. So as opposed to not doing anything, which is definitely the wrong way, you don't have to go the opposite end of that extreme and pitch every other second either. We've all been there. We have the guy that's like, hey, I got this really cool thing. You should check it out. Hey, by the way, I noticed you didn't buy it yet. You should go, go buy this thing. Oh, I got something else. You didn't like the first one. Let me give you something else. And it's like two or three emails a day, sometimes six or seven. And of course, all that does is annoy people because that's what you're afraid of doing to begin with. So people think we're either on the one extreme of, we don't do it enough or the other side, which is it's all the time, but it's always a pitch. Neither of those is good. Those are, those are both the extreme sides of bad. And the goal is how do we stay in touch consistently being in the middle? So we're staying in touch regularly without pitching all the time, but focusing on building a relationship instead that's the difference. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And there's so many questions that pop into my head <laughs> that I know people would be wondering, uh, All especially right. when it comes to like email marketing, yeah. I know 
that email is like the best medium to make money online. Mm -hmm. I think it far surpasses social media. Um, you said a couple of things you were saying, like basically how often you kind of something along the lines of how often you email people. Um, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, if you're just always pitching or if you're just, you never pitch, you never make any money. So it's like, what's the balance? How often do you recommend that people email their list? So how often do you recommend um, actually emailing your list is that is going to depend on your audience because some are much more tolerant than others. And some people want it more like there are industries like our industry. We're in the marketing, especially in the online marketing, internet marketing side of things. They're used to being emailed a lot more. I know people who email every day and their people will not unsubscribe. I have some of those. I get some of those emails. And because the content is so good, I will not unsubscribe. Now, there are other industries too, like financial, people that are in trades and things like, like stock, stock trading and things like that. A lot of those, they're going to email every day, sometimes even twice a day. The kicker with it is, is that appropriate for your audience? And what are you sending them that's of value? So for most people, I will say, try it about once a week. And because if you do once a month, not enough. People forget about you. We live in an ADD world where we're getting hit by literally thousands of messages between social media. I mean, you got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got LinkedIn, you got TikTok, all the different things there, plus text messaging, plus they're driving down the road, getting all these different messages from all the billboards and all the different things. They're bombarded with literally thousands of messages every day. If, they, if you think that your message once a month compared to their thousands a day is going to make a difference, it's not. You've got to be more consistent than that. So I'm like, try once a week. And when I say once a week, I also don't mean every seven days at Monday at 8 a.m. Because humans have this wonderful psychological thing called the subconscious. People do not realize how powerful that subconscious is. If you start emailing the same time every week, time and time again, subconsciously their brain notices it and their time, their brain is going to say it's a newsletter because it goes out at the exact same time every week. Mm. So if you can be consistently inconsistent, as I call it, which means it might be five days, it might be 10 days, it might be eight days, it may be seven days. It might be at 8 a.m. It might be at 4 p.m. Mix and match play with it, switch things up a bit, but roughly once a week, if you're in staying in touch with your people, they will pay attention to what you've got to do. Yeah. It's really interesting to not be every day or ever the same day and time every week. Uh -huh. I've never heard anybody say not to do that. That's what everybody says to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now there are certain things that you can do that with, like say for instance, like this podcast, if you send out a new, a, a quote unquote newsletter, which I'm not a fan of newsletters in general, but yeah. if you send out an email, that's an announcement of a new show coming out and that show comes out, like my podcast comes out um, every Wednesday morning. Okay. So yeah, if I was going to send it out as an email, then yeah, you might, you might want to be consistent with that. Cause you're basically saying this is a, this is an event as opposed to a communication. There's a difference between the two. So as an event, if you have a thing going on, like the launch of your next episode of your show, 
you could be consistent with that. You should be because if the show goes out at 8 a or 8 a.m. every Wednesday, then cool. Send out an announcement at 8.05 every Wednesday saying, hey, a new episode just dropped. That's totally acceptable. But stop and think about when you send an email to a friend, to a client, a joint venture partner, anybody else, do you stop and go, okay, I have to stop. I have to send this out at Monday minutes. at 8 a.m.? <laughs> no, you go, hey, wait a minute. I have something cool to share. And you pop open Gmail, write your email and hit send. Hmm. It's consistently inconsistent. Right. And that's one of the things you want your emails to have if you want to get a better reaction and a better open rate and obviously more people to pay attention to them mm -hmm. and trust you. You know, you talked earlier about that, that, you know, I, I don't remember the exact word you used and it may have been authenticity. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, how do you become authentic? You need to, you need to actually be authentic mm -hmm. and being right on time. Clockwork is not authentic. We are humans, right? We do things when they pop into our head. You know, how many times have you opened up your phone? You're standing in line, getting your, you know, getting a cup of coffee and all of a sudden this idea hits, you want to share it with somebody and you open it up and you post it, whether you're posting on social media, whether you're sending it to somebody that you had a great idea. It's like, Hey, this is something cool. You should check this out here. Well, mm. that, there's no rhyme or reason as to when that happens. So if you can do that little switch things up and down, what ends up happening is it feels more real. Mm. And that's what we're looking for. We want it to feel like it needs to look at, and feel like you just opened up Gmail and sent an email to a friend. Right. That's and like the subject line, everything. Everything. The wording, everything. Everything. Yeah, not some like promo thing. Doors closing. Yeah. No. I, I, mean, I mean, unless you're doing like a formal launch. but If you're having a real launch, yes. You know, and even if it's a, you can have, I like to call them evergreen launches. So an evergreen yeah. launch is something that'll go out. You might have it go out every six weeks or eight weeks or something like that for something that goes on. And that's, that's fine, but those should be your promos in between communication, which is something we haven't talked about yet. Communication is having a conversation as opposed to pitching via my megaphone. And so if I just send you an email, here's a great example. I keep this book on my desk all the time. It's The Go-Giver by Bob Burr. Amazing book amazing book, right? And so this book was introduced to me by a friend of mine. She was in network marketing, oh, probably 20 years ago, almost. And I read it. I love the book, had a blast with it. Uh, several years later, I actually had the opportunity to talk to Bob and got introduced to him. We've stayed in touch. He was a guest on a summit that I did uh, or on my, on my po original podcast. Um, that's right. Because he turned me down on the summit. I asked him to do a summit and he said, he he's like, that's not really my thing. I'm like, well, I got this podcast because that's my thing. I said, okay, cool. And so we've stayed in touch ever, mm. ever since. Um, but I share that book because it's all about coming from a place of giving right? Hey, you give knowing that the universe is going to provide, you're going to get something back. You just don't know when or how it might not be the same person. But if you come from that place, you are going to be in a better place and you'll have better results as a whole. Now, I just shared that with you. I just shared how I met Bob and he turned me down on a summit, ended up on my podcast. I just shared a story. Okay. What if I take that same thing and put it into an email? 
and I give you a link to Amazon. Now, for me, I am an Amazon affiliate, so I will make a couple cents if somebody goes and buys it, but I'm not really making money off of that. Right. I mean, honestly, it's like, I don't know if how many other people listening to this are Amazon affiliates, but if you buy the graded or the go giver book off of Amazon because of my link, you're gonna I'm gonna make like three cents. I think they give give me enough every year to buy like one mocha. Right. Um, that's pretty much it. But you see where if I send that as an email, hey, I found this book. I think it's really good. It might help you. This is why I like it so much. Check it out. Let me know what you think. There's no real pitch in there. I'm not even, and by the way, if you do this with your book, you ruin it. Because right. even if you only make 10 cents versus the three cents, it's still your book. It's self-serving. So by sharing stuff that has to do with other people, other videos, other tips, tricks, resources, where you're not asking them to necessarily come back and buy something, you're just adding value. What you're doing is you're showing that you care about them as a human being. They're going to pay more attention because you're giving them true value, actionable things. Yeah. And then when you have that launch, you have that pitch, they're more likely to pay attention because a simple fact of, geez, all this time, he's been giving me all this great stuff. I bet this is really good too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the uh, importance of storytelling in the last year has become mm -hmm. very, like I've always known you should tell stories, but like, yeah, it's become so much more important to me in about the last year or so. Yeah. And well, and let me, let me touch on that for a second. Cause it's, there's a, there's a big thing going on about storytelling. You've got things like, uh, like story brand and organizations yeah. that have put out a lot that really push the storytelling concept. Storytelling is great. You, you need to have it. Cause that's how people, that's how you connect with people. You create an emotion behind it. Um, and again, everything we do is psychological. It's all about our psychology and how we create emotions and feelings. But Here's where a lot of people miss the boat when it comes to storytelling. They still they tell a story just to tell a story mm. without having a point. Yeah. You've got to have a point. And that point does not have to be, see, I told you this really long story and now I made you cry and everything. So you should go give me a thousand dollars for my coaching program. <laughs> yeah. You know, it can be as simple as, you know, when you have that idea, just stop and do it. Like the story I just gave you with the, you know, the go-giver, literally go send an email to your list about the last book you just finished that you thought was really good and just share. It's like, Hey, check it out and let me know what you think. That's the key right there. That last sentence, let me know what you think because instead of it being a megaphone, one direction, you just turned it into a dialogue. It's mm -hmm. a conversation conversations yeah. lead to sales. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, what I've noticed being in this expert industry long, uh, uh just over the years, been like over five years at this point for me. Okay. Um, I feel like, like the human touch gets, especially in like the digital marketing space, mm -hmm. uh, the human touch just really can get lost, especially when people start doing it at scale, which is like yes. what emails is. You can have 500, 5,000, whatever on your email list, one message to all those people. And I think it is an art form to keep a relationship as if it's one person, but it's with 5,000 plus people or whatever right. it is. Yep. Um, it's cool. I was in a group one time and I forgot 
what the context was exactly, but this guy was like, I really want to like automate coaching. And I was like, do you mean like the process to get in touch with people so you can work with them? And he's like, no, oh no, it was like some innovation thing that he was building some like program where he was going to automate the coaching itself. And I was just like, you can't like, like, that's not the point. Like coaching is so powerful and it's like a sacred relationship too, because like I get to work with you and I get to ask you questions and it's conversational and you get to help me with stuff hands on. And I was like, that's as it, but like, you know, the sales process can be one thing, but I don't know. It was just like, I see so many people basically thinking that everything could be automated. Right. And it's like, not everything should be. No. So I'm a very, very big advocate for what I call entrepreneur ADD. Automate is automate what you can, delegate what you can't, and delete the crap you shouldn't be doing anyway. Yeah. With the entire purpose of freeing up your time to do the things that can't or shouldn't be automated, which is relationships. Mm. That's it. I use automation. And when I I've I have my automation, like I have a running joke. Um, and I get a lot of people that tell me you need to quit using this. So I'm trying to come up with a new cool phrase for it. And I haven't, haven't <laughs> okay. quite figured it out yet, which is, um, I could go outside and get hit by a bus today and still sell you stuff for three more years. Okay. I mean, I like it. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I get, a, I get a lot of people, especially in the woo woo world. When I do not say that as an insult, by the way, in case anybody's wondering, um, but they, they freak out. Don't say that kind of stuff. Cause that's putting yourself in, in harm's way. And I'm like, reality is. First off, I look both ways twice before crossing any roads, roads and I do avoid buses. So we're all good. But, you know, I automate what I can. I have the system and it does work. I have a three-year campaign um, that runs automatically. It's all tips, tricks, resources, book recommendations, videos, all kinds of stuff that I've learned over the years. They're designed to be evergreen. And, and I've built this out. I now call it the ultimate follow-up because if you could put this in place, you can help people even if something happens and you can't do the thing that day. You know, you have a newsletter. I know how many people freak out and they're like, their heart is racing out of their throat because of the fact that they're having to write a newsletter. No, first off, make something that's evergreen that will work when you don't have to. And the second thing, don't overcomplicate it. Nobody wants and reads a newsletter anyway. What they want is somebody to number one, care about them and to help solve a problem they have. It's that simple. And so if you can come up with a book recommendation or a single tip or a video you saw on YouTube from, you know, if you want, want to help motivate somebody for the day, um, one of my favorite ones is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Hmm. You know, I've, I'm like, go go to this link and I'll give them the link and go, this is a YouTube video. It was a, it was a TED Talk by Simon Sinek, Start With Why. If you are trying, if you're struggling in your business and can't quite get that clarity you're looking for, this will probably help. It helped me. This is why. And I'll kind of explain a little bit. Check out the link. And again, check it out. Watch the video. It's only 18 minutes. And let me know what you thought. And you'll be amazed how many people will reply back to that. Well, that reply back, I can automate everything to the point where they reply back and they tell me what happened. Now we started a conversation. And that you can't outsource, you can't automate. As much as people want to do it with AI, it's mm -hmm. it's falling so short right now. Yeah. And will AI get there at some point? Maybe, but AI is missing one critical component, heart. Yeah. You can use it to, to help 
leverage your time, just like automation has for me for over 15 years. But you have to remember it's the relationship. It's, it's the heart. How you make people feel is what makes the difference. That's what not just creates a sale, but creates a loyal fan who will stick with you forever. I, my first company was a web and graphic design agency. I started that almost 30 years ago. I still have some of those clients and I have not built a website for a client in over 15 years. Well, yeah, I, I love this stuff. And a uh, question, you know, cause we're, we're talking about like follow-up. We talk a lot about just email in general and I love everything you're sharing. At what point is it considered follow-up, especially when you have like an evergreen system. Mm -hmm. um, what I kind of picture is like, you offer a lead magnet, mm -hmm. someone opts in. Yeah. You have an autoresponder over the course of a few days or months mm -hmm. or in yeah. your case, years. That's all follow-up, yes or no? It's all follow-up. So every everything you do is a version of follow-up, but again, just like the consistently inconsistent with your timing, you also should mix and match what you're using on how you follow up with people. So sending them, you know, just some people are hardcore into everything needs to be a video. Well, guess what? I'm not that guy because sometimes I'm in a position where I'll watch a video, but if you send me a half hour video, chances are I ain't going to watch it because I'm busy, mm -hmm. but I can skim an email very quick. Now, some people are very visual. They have to have that video. They won't read an email. So mix things with a video, mix things with an email, send them a text once in a while. And you can do this really silly thing called calling them where you actually just call them, that? pick up the phone. <laughs> that, you know, that, that thing that you surf cat videos on YouTube with, you, you pick that up and it actually does this thing called making a phone call you can call them and just say, Hey, I was just checking in, you know, it hasn't been, it's been a while since we talked. I just want to check in and see how you're doing. Do you realize how freaked out people will be when you do that? Because they're not used to it. And so that follow-up is just touching base with them. I will have my three-year campaign is, is the big picture piece, but then also in that three-year campaign, I may have all these emails but then I have notes, tasks to myself. I'm a big CRM guy. I have crazy campaigns. Like at one point I had over 80 campaigns running that had at the low end, three to four emails and the high end hundreds. Mm. And, you know, I've toned it down a bit, but reality is I haven't doing all kinds of fun, cool stuff. But in that process, some of that stuff is sending a task. It's like, hey, you haven't talked to Bob for a while. You should just reach out to him. Here's the last thing you talked about. And that just sends me a text or it could be a task saying, reach out to Jane on Facebook and just say, hi. I mean, simple little things like that. You know, if you don't know, Facebook has this really cool feature where you can send a message to somebody and it can be a video message that you record live. Mm -hmm. It's like, I think they've got it up to 60 seconds. You can't go over that. But you can stop and every day, Facebook will tell you whose birthdays it is. Mm. You can literally stop and just record a little video, 15, it used to be 15 seconds. So that's, I try to keep mine about that time if I can. Uh, but I literally will open up Facebook, say, hey there, you know, hey there, 
I just noticed it was your birthday. Facebook told me to go. So I just want to pop in and say happy birthday. I hope you've been great. Let's catch up sometime next week or so. In the meantime, have an amazing day. Take care. So simple. So simple. I will literally knock out 10 of those while I'm the drive-through waiting for my mocha. <laughs> and but I am sort of automating it. I'm using the technology we have, but it's uber personalized. Right. I think that's like the hard part is being able to automate things, but keep it personalized. Yeah. That's like, that's kind of the magic. Cause that's yeah. the more that this stuff is evolving. It's everyone's about automation. Like chat GPT is mm -hmm. insane right now. I just right. made a video about chat GPT and it's just like, became my most popular video on my YouTube channel. Of course and, it is. Oh, yeah. Man. And I was just like, cool. I got a ton of opt-ins, you know, and it's, it's been working for me, but, um, it's just funny how it, it's all the rave. And yeah, like I was thinking about making a video of like, I stopped using chat GPT. You should too. And talking <laughs> about this because like, I really did. Mm -hmm. I paid for, it was, I paid for chat GPT four. So you don't have to, mm -hmm. um, and I saw that video from someone else. I was like, I'll do my own. It was like, cool. And it started working and stuff. But like I I stopped the plan because I'm like, I don't really use it that much. I'd rather write my own emails and yeah. write my own stuff. So, yeah. So let's talk about that for a second. Um, I found I'm, I'm a big advocate. So like I remember the Terminator movies. So I'm very leery of any AI. Um, but when it first came out, I saw what people are doing with it. And it's funny. I've even had clients who come to me with like emails that they've written. And they're like, oh, hey, take a look at this. Let me know what you think. And I look at it and I'm like, you didn't write that. Oh, dude, and I can spot it from a mile away. Yeah. Well, and the funny thing about it, though, is that they're like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, you didn't write that. I guarantee it. It's like, well. I wrote the prompt. Well, well but, 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 and I'm like, you used ChatGPT for that, didn't you? They're like, well, yeah. How could you tell? Like, real simple. There's no heart. Yeah. It's that simple. Now. Here's what I have been using it for. And I'll just, I'll use this to help people out. And it does go along with everything else we're talking about. Use it to generate ideas. Mm -hmm. So I have now used it. I have a couple of prompts that I use that are very specific of, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Here's the criteria. Give me a list of 10 questions that you might have around this topic. Right. So now it'll give me, 10 questions or 15 questions, whatever I ask it. And I'll look through those and go, okay, that's good. That's good. That's good. So now like I do, I've been doing a ton of reels lately. And so I'll do these, these one minute reels and I'll post them on Instagram, Facebook, um, now on TikTok. It's great. And TikTok is wonderful in the fact that I could go in, post a video and walk away. I don't want anything else to do with it, mm. but I will take these questions and out of, I had this one, I had like 30 out of 30 questions. I took 22 of those that I thought were actually good. And all I did was I just, I riffed off of the question and I talked for one minute, recorded the video. They turned out wonderful and people are loving them. Mm. That's how you can use it to, to streamline and leverage, but you're not losing the personality out of it. Right. Yeah. Brainstorming. I think that's, mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, that's like the best thing that I use it for too. Yep. Uh, I used to, I tried like writing blog posts and stuff with that. And I was like, these blog posts are terrible. Like if I saw a blog post, <laughs> I'd be like, this is chat GPT. Someone yeah. came to me one time and they had um, the opt-in copy to pick up their guide. They're like, I made this and you know, nobody's opting in for it. And I read it and I was like, you wrote it in chat GPT. Like it doesn't make sense. And it, mm -hmm. I literally like 
I was I fell asleep just like reading yeah. it halfway through. Oh, yeah. I'm like it doesn't even have any kind of soul, nothing like right. that. And also, oh, you yeah. can tell the words. There's specific words that are like that's ChatGPT. Who uses yes. that in a normal conversation? Yeah, there's one. I can't think of it off the top of my head now. Um, intriguing. That is a word that I very rarely use, and for some reason. The, the AI stuff seems to think that that is like one of my go-to buzzwords. I'm like, I think I've probably used it like five times in my life. Right. Uh, where are you coming up with this? So, you know, it's not, it's, it'll never be perfect. It shouldn't be perfect. And the number one thing is again, use it as a tool to help leverage, to spark ideas, but it's not a replacement for you as a human talking to another human. That is the key right there. Yeah. Um, I, what were some of the tools that you were using to like remind yourself? You said you were using like a CRM and stuff. I love mm -hmm. the idea. Cause like, you know, we have conversations with people and then sometimes it's not the right time that someone's ready to work with you or something yeah. like whatever. It's all good. Okay. Yeah. But the follow-up is super important of six months down the road. I have one person I'm following up with and we spoke, uh, two to four months ago. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I would love to, you know, hire you um, for a project, but it's just not the right time for me. I'm working on this other stuff. All good. So I loop back around with him a few months later and he's like, check in in a few more months, you know, and I'm mm -hmm. staying on top of it because it's like good lead. Right. Um, but it would be really helpful to have those different automations that actively remind you like, hey, you spoke with this person. Yeah. Um, send them okay. an email or whatever. What tools do you use for that? So there's a lot of different options that are out there. Um, now, for anybody who's listening, doesn't know what a CRM is, CRM, it stands for Customer Relationship Manager. I like to call it Client Relationship Manager because we don't have customers, we have clients. Walmart has customers. You do not want to be the race to the bottom there because people are looking for the cheap stuff. Um, but there's a ton of choices out there. So for me personally, um, I use, um, we actually have white labeled high level, which is a very popular one. We use it. We have the, the follow-up rockstar CRM, and that is for our coaching clients specifically, where I've got my, my really cool tools and campaigns and stuff basically pre-built for them. Um, but that's just one. Okay. So high level is one. There's a bunch of them out there. Um, if you're just starting out and don't have a lot of budget, I don't have experience with it, but I've heard Zoho CRM is pretty good. Um, there's a bunch of other ones I would just stay away from. <laughs> so those are two that I personally like um, with mine because of the fact that I've customized it so well. It's I've customized it for coaches and speakers in that arena. And they're campaigns that I built for myself, again, starting back in 2008, that I've perfected over the years between myself and clients that I've worked with, that I have a framework that is my methodology. And so the kicker with it is it doesn't matter what software you actually use, get a respectable CRM. The CRM should have task management in it, meaning you can have a record for a person. By the way, a CRM and an email system are not necessarily the same thing. They might be, but like MailChimp is not a CRM. Don't even try. It's a waste of money. <laughs> but a CRM is a system where you can pull up a person's record and actually take notes. You can see what did they opt in? Did they show up at an event? Did you have a conversation with them? Um, if you had a call with them, you can put your notes in there of everything you talked about. And then the most important thing is task creation where you can create a task to remind yourself something specific to do to follow up down the road, which could be 
picking up the phone, texting them, um, sending them a message on Facebook or LinkedIn, something like that, which is, I do a lot of that kind of stuff. And so as long as it has that capability, you need to be able to actually see a client record and track everything that happens, including conversations and create tasks and anything that's, I, I won't say anything, but most systems that are called a CRM do this. They should. If they don't, go find something else because they're not a good one at that point. But most of them do. And once you have that, the key is it doesn't really matter what software platform you use as long as it does what you need and you use it. How many people have spent a fortune on software and they don't use it? You know, you know that's, a, that's a big kicker. So that's where, that's where I roll with it. I'm not, you know, I do love what I have because I built it, but it's not the end all. It's not for everybody. The key is find something that you like, that you will use that does those basic things. Can you track your people? Can you write your, you know, put notes for your conversations and create tasks to remind yourself down the road to call or email or whatever to that person on top of sending your automated stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Love it, dude. We're going to pull this in for a landing. Eli, <laughs> where can people learn more about you? Get connected. All right. Best thing to do, go to connectwitheli.com. E-L-Y. It is not E-L-I. It is E-L-Y. And I always have to be very careful about that because you go to e connect with Eli with an I, you end up with some dude in the middle of like um, Wyoming or something is a real estate, commercial real estate guy. Yeah. Uh, so connect with Eli.com. And from there, you, I've got some free stuff on there. There's links to all my other stuff. You can find me on social media, by the way, please connect with me on social media. I love to, to connect them. You know, if you're, if you're seeing a video by any chance above my head, it says meet cool people. That is one of my favorite things to do. I love that cool conversations with cool people connect with me. Feel free to friend request, find me on LinkedIn, whatever. But when you do send me a message, tell me you heard me on this show because that puts you ahead of everybody else. Cause I get 10 friend requests on Facebook alone every day. And most of them are just junk. But if you tell me, Hey, I listened to your episode. This is what I liked about it. You're going to go to the top of the list and we're going to start a fun conversation. Yeah. That's uh, that's the relationship piece. Little nugget right there, guys. There you go. So awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Eli, for the listener. I know we talked a lot about, you know, email, all this kind of stuff, automations. Um, obviously we could talk for hours and hours about different <laughs> things that you can do. And I've just tried to keep it respect with the show. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, you know, automations are great. ChatGPT is great, you know, for brainstorming and whatnot, but in all your efforts, especially as you grow and you get bigger and bigger audiences, always find ways that you can keep the human touch to it. Um, I had a, uh, a mentor and we were talking about, you know, like finding clients and that kind of stuff in this one group. And he was like, what we'll do is we'll go into our email list where you can have hundreds or thousands of people and copy paste their email. And it, this is very manual, but send them a personalized email. That's not a mm -hmm. broadcast. It's literally yeah. just you saying, Hey, I saw you picked up this guide how does it work for you? You know, and it's like, make sure it's a real personal email. And I think that that's the stuff that, you know, over the years, a lot of people are just kind of straying away from, which is unfortunate because that's the stuff that really grows your business. Yeah. So all this being said, nothing happens unless you get to work and make something happen. So take what you learned here, get out there, make something happen, and we'll see you in the next one.